Welcome back on the Coalition 936 podcast. This is episode 16. Can you believe it? I can because I produced them all and they have been great episodes and today is no exception. We have uh, Susie Childers from Security and Guarantee Abstract coming up here in just a moment. She is a proud member of our board. I wanted to get to uh, two great sponsors that we have this week, CHI St. Luke's Health Memorial. They are platinum sponsors with us here on the coalition and uh, great supporters uh, for our our nonprofit work. And they uh, make our community healthier, especially in the area of uh, tobacco use. Thanks to Dr. Sid Roberts and Tina Alexander Sellers for their longtime support, as well as Another board member of ours, Brianna Murphy, and thanks to the uh, Betty and Murphy George Foundation. They are gold sponsors, longtime sponsors of the coalition. Well, we have these episodes from time to time, and it overlaps with Recovery Month. Uh, today, we're going to spotlight uh, a member of our board, Susie Childers, the Director of Marketing at Security and Guarantee Abstract Title Company in Lufkin. Side plug, I just used them. Uh, God called us to move out of the great city of Lufkin, but... Thumbs up to y'all, first off. I wanted to get that free plug out there. Y'all do great work, and let us uh, take a deep breath. But first off, how are you doing? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that plug. Um, I'm doing great. Doing great. Yeah, thanks for coming on because, I mean, we got a lot. We want to get to um, a lot of things that are on the personal side of things but that you're willing to share with us, but just... Your reasons, when we ask our board members when they come on, uh, what were the reasons you wanted to be a part of, of the board? Because I know Sharon and everybody, all of us are, are glad to have you. Yeah, I'm glad to be on the board. Um, most First and foremost, just to be a parent. Um, and I'm just a lifelong advocate of being drug-free um, and you know wanting my children to be and everybody around us. Um, so I'm a concerned parent with hoping everybody else will stay drug free just like I try to <laughs> so in my in my prep for this uh, Sharon was sending me uh, a video and uh, I learned that you are quite the artist uh tell me about yeah. your your side projects there and uh you you're... yeah so gosh um 15 years ago I started with um I just always drew this one I just drew this girl and um so I started with that and then um decided to start a um, stationary and invitation business that turned into like, maybe I can paint. And so um, probably about 10 years ago, I started painting my Susie Lou girl. And um, then that turned into all kinds of things, like just painting other things. And I've added pottery to it. So that's that. So I have a little pottery studio at the very thing. Um, there's my plug. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so, so it's st- fun. It's a, it's a good outlet. So you stay very busy uh, most of the yes, time, right? Yeah. I do stay busy. I do stay busy. And um, it's funny. It's it's not like I had a boring job or anything before that because I've always loved all my jobs. And um, But the reason I started it really was it was kind of my recovery from the death of my mom. Mm-hmm. So my mom passed away in 2005, and I started the business a year later to the date um, just as kind of a way to honor her and, I guess, keep myself busy. <laughs> What type of connections have you unearthed in that? Because I imagine with it, it, I mean, there's a reason you have that passion for it, obviously. Have you noticed 
uh, some other things about yourself that you didn't quite know yet, because I know mm-hmm. as, as we get older, it seems like I've, I've, I've noticed some things and just, you, you just fall and you, and you notice so much other stuff about yourself. Has that been the case for you? Oh gosh, I've lost, con- I can't even, there's no distinction between my friends and my customers and my people that like, Oh, did I only meet them through the paint parties or through mm-hmm. different things? So I've connected with kids. I mean, I have, all the time I have kids that say that, you know, they have been to one of my paint parties. I've even had a couple of people who went to art school, I mean, discovered they could paint. And so it's just crazy insane because I'm not, I don't profess to be the greatest artist in the world, but I just have fun doing it and connecting with people. Recovery month is September winding down. As we record this, I just got this in under the wire. As most people associated with uh, the coalition, we have recovery in our past and and you've been open telling stories about your family. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you and, and you take it as you will, because um, you, you have a great story to share and also about the hope on the other side of recovery. Right, right. Well, um, so our older son, um, gosh, like I kind of calculated up the date and it's really been about 13 years ago where um, it's hard to explain it, but basically when he was in 10th grade, we had a call from Lufkin High School nurse that said, um, you know, your son is thrown up in English class. And, you know, I'm like, oh, no, you know, let's, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I feel so bad. Sorry. And they said, um, we think he's taken something, he's disoriented, you know. And I'm like, oh, no, he would never do that. I've, you know, probably just sick. So we pick him up, and he definitely was disoriented, to say the least. So he had taken, he had bought from a student in his class 20 cough and cold medicine pills, coracidin. And we were like, what on earth? Why would you do that? And so someone convinced him it was a great way to get high and to, you know, get over it by 4 p.m. By the time he got home, nobody would know. And so we were horrified. Um, We took him to our pediatrician and then we took him to the hospital and had him drink charcoal or whatever kind of torture they could do to him to make him never want to do it again. Mm And so that's when we first knew there was a problem. Um, we thought that it was just kind of a one-time thing, but it turns out, I mean, he had a plan from like, there's some kind of, he and his buddy were going to get high on the first day of ninth grade. I mean, and this was just beyond anything we ever could imagine for him. So we struggled and struggled all through high school. Thank goodness Lufkin High School was wonderful to us. and. Um, helped us in so many ways. Um, you hear all the, you hear sometimes all the bad stories, but we have the best story to tell about Lufkin High School and their support. Um, so it just went on and on and it got worse and worse. And um, I think he really, I mean, looking back, we've talked and he struggled with being sober and wanting to not do, you know, the things he wasn't supposed to do. So um, our home was a battlefield of, anger and uh, screaming and we would go we thought it was kind of like we thought the best method was just to switch things up all the time and be crazy mad and angry and yell and fight and scream and then we would be forgiving and I mean it was just a horrible awful home life for three or four years there while he was struggling with this so there's hope Mm -hmm. (laughs) And finally, we went, I mean, we decided, oh my gosh, we need counseling. Like, we've got to go to counseling and figure out, get him in there. So we went the first day and I met with the counselor. He refused to talk. 
And so, but that I stayed, I mean, I was like, my gosh, we're paying for this. So let me just stay and um, get some counseling. I mean, that I didn't know I needed. And so um, ended up, uh, my counselor was great and we took care of some things I needed to take care of and then um, figured out what we could do with our son. And it turned out that uh, he needed to go to rehab is what we decided. So we picked a rehab place. We worked with Lufkin High School to make sure that he was had enough credits to graduate. And, um, and we sent him to um, a place called Sundown Ranch. And it's in Canton, Texas. And I just checked today and they're still open and doing business. And um, it was a great resource for us to be able to, I mean, use them. I mean, after the first, like we dropped him off as a total surprise. That's a whole other story. But um, when we came back the next week for the head family weekend, every weekend. So we came for every weekend and he gave us a huge hug. And I mean, we knew kind of we had sent him to the right place. So we learned a ton of things at the rehab. I mean, every Saturday we watched slide presentations. And one of the things that I'll never forget is um, they talked about um, underage drinking and how um, it, children, people who drink before the age of 21, because I've never understood what that magic number was, but before the age of 21, if you drink in excess, you have a greater likelihood of becoming an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things that stuck out with me, but we learned so many things like that. We met so many people the stories were way worse for almost everybody that was there. And there's a little hope in that for people. I mean, I don't know why, but that was sort of a blessing to not have the worst case scenario. The things that we heard were just horrific. So one of the other things we learned was that really wasn't a good idea for him to come back home. And uh, I mean, this is a, at the time, he was 18 years old, and um, we were thinking he should go to college right away, but he shouldn't. He we decided that wasn't in his cards for the moment. So, we uh, learned about sober living houses, and um, so some people call them halfway houses. I like to call them sober living houses. And so we um, we visited a couple, and then settled on one. Um, we sent our child 500 miles away. And um, it was the best thing we could have done. I mean, it was truly just tough love and um, AA every day, had to get a job, couldn't, we couldn't pay for it. He paid for it himself through his work. Wow. Um, he lived in a house with a bunch of grown men <laughs> and um, it was, it was tough, but um, he spent a year there and it was the best thing he could have done. Um, he, he met a, a mentor who we never would have dreamed would be someone who would be his mentor and that man I mean oh goodness he's part of our family now um that about what else oh I need to go on because uh no. while he was in his sober living I also learned about Al-Anon and mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about I mean you know I was like just never imagined that I would need it I didn't know it was not for just alcohol um but I went just to rule it out. I truly thought I would start my own recovery group, which is such a joke now, but I went to rule it out because I thought, you know, well, who are these people? Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Those people saved me too. They may, I mean, you know, my older son got saved in his own way, but um, Al-Anon was so helpful to me and I can't stress it enough. If anybody's going through recovery of any kind, if you're a loved one, you 
should go to Al-Anon. Um, they have the most wonderful people there. Every single meeting um, was just helped me learn so much more about how to how to how to have a relationship with my child. So a, a lot to talk about. You're a wonderful guest already. I can <laughs> I tell. Stop talking. No, I like that. Um, go, looking back, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But were there signs um, that you probably beat yourself up about? But again, not necessarily because you couldn't control that in the in the whole step mm-hmm. recovery process that I've learned. Um, but were, were there signs that led up to it that maybe we? you could help other parents with if there are some, some signs that differentiate between normal teenage behavior. Oh gosh. I wish I could. I mean, because we were truly involved with him and we tried to be the best parents we could be. I mean, we found out he was smoking marijuana in our backyard at five o'clock in the morning. So he took this very seriously. (laughs) And I mean, we just, just didn't know. I mean, we might've been a little, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, sheltered, um, we've just never done not dealt with anything like that, but we really didn't we really didn't have any signs. Um I hope nobody listening to this is gonna say, Yeah, you did. <laughs> but so we were we were possibly a little sheltered about the whole thing. What what did you learn about yourself going through that recovery side from your side of it with the Al Anon that uh could give hope to other families because like I, I said in my uh intro all families have have some sort of addiction in them so what did you Mm -hmm. learn in in that process about yourself kind of linked with that Al-Anon that that could help you in this uh, I don't know coping is the right term but the whole process of of seeing it to the other side well I guess the biggest thing I learned is to kind of separate him from the addiction and to just love him and I mean, it was such a hard, tough, tough time for us and possibly the worst thing I'll ever go through with him. Um, and I think just, what is it? Detachment. That's what it's called. Uh, that's what it's called. So detachment. I mean, it's so important to be able to take them away, separate them in their problem and just show empathy. Empathy was not in our cards at all for this. And when I started learning about um, his struggle, then I really could feel some empathy for him. And and treat him with dignity, but because um, I mean, we legitimately went through every different type of parenting and just switching it up, thinking that was the key. So it was terrible, awful. I mean, we had we had some bad uh, bad times. So, so is attachment is the one key is that there is no one way to handle each each case. I mean, I, I mean, no, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah. don't do what I did, <laughs> but. Yeah, no, there's no, you're right. There's no one way to handle it. I mean, it just depends on your kid and the circumstances. I mean, I'm glad we handled it. I mean, at all. I mean, I know, I know, I've known some people who just kind of try to ignore it and hope it goes away. And I don't think it's something that would have gone away on its own. So the coalition is, is big on prevention, as you know, being on the board, you know, a lot of this, of course, but uh, yes. How how important is prevention in the the broader sense uh, of the community? And, and I'm sure that um, really came into focus uh, going through it, and then looking back with what he went through. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's so important. I mean, I just wish we had even more money to spend on prevention. It's just the first time you try it, you don't realize how what an effect it can have on you. And this knowing the struggle that he went through. 
as a kid to try to get, I mean, there's too many things going on when you're a teenager to try that is to just risk. It's like you're putting at risk all of your family history and everything put together. You don't want to become an addict by the time you're in 10th grade. So I just, and I felt so strongly the whole time that it, it takes away your God-given potential. I mean, you know, there's so many things that can happen um, that are just terrible, tragic. And I mean, he didn't have to go through all this to, I mean, it may have made him a better person in the end, but um, it's just not, it wasn't necessary. It was a horrible time for all of us. So. And, and finally, what would your advice be people that might be going through it and, hope is one of those key words that you've mentioned a couple of times. What is that, that hope on the other, other side of it for people that uh, maybe they're at the very beginning, just noticing something with a relative doesn't have to be a, uh, a son or daughter, mm-hmm. but what, what would your advice to them and to give them hope to get through that other, other side? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely always hope. I mean, and my goodness, our son, did wonderful. I mean, went through the process that he went through. He did have some, still had some hard times, still struggled and went three steps forward, two steps back. I mean, he, he did that many, many times. And so, um, there is hope. Um, there's hope for you as, um, as a parent, as a relative, there's, and there's definitely hope for the person that's, that's struggling. There's always hope. I mean, I know people who've been, um, in this for a very, very long time and, and something good comes from it. So there is always hope. A perfect way to end it. Amen to that. Susie, thank you so okay. much. Appreciate what you do. And okay. uh, another good plug to security and guarantee abstract. You need to get that home moved. I can testify. Y'all do a great job at that. But, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But thanks for what All you right. do. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. That wraps up another edition of the Coalition 936 podcast. Remember, you can go to project-quit.org for help Bonnie doing those classes with uh, quitting smoking. And uh, stay tuned. Next month, we'll have another edition here of the Coalition 936 podcast.